Welcome back to another episode of Pop Topic. I'm your host, Quentin Phillipson, and with me is obviously the co-host who has been through all the Oscar buzz, our good friend Tristan Phillipson. How are you doing this week? Doing great. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I uh, had a few drinks. We are recording right now just after the Golden Globe nominations on Sunday night. Hopefully, I'll have this edited for Monday night to be out for listening. So, yeah, we just watched the Golden Globes. I've had a few drinks now, so might not be at the best state of mind. But, Tristan, how have you been the last week? Anything new with you? Been good. Not too much new. Same old, really. No, I haven't really done anything exciting. Well, what? Any recommendations? Any crazy movies you've seen lately? I uh, watched Knives Out again last night. With my mom and my brother, and it was fantastic. Yeah, I saw that. Our brother just watched it because he obviously wrote a review on it. Do you think it held up on a rewatch? I haven't rewatched it yet. I only saw it the first time. I've always been curious on a rewatch. I thought it for sure held up on a rewatch. I remembered most of it, but I, I knew I didn't remember all of it. So there were some surprises that I kind of forgot about. So that was fun. Obviously, it's a murder mystery, so you kind of know what happens at the end, but it's still fun to watch. Especially you watch people who don't know what happens at the end, and you hear them keep guessing what they think is going to happen throughout the movie. That's a good point. And I always thought Knives Out, what was interesting about it, obviously we won't spoil because the whole point of the film is the mystery, but I always thought the ending was a little obvious what was going to happen, but it was all about the journey. And so I feel like for a murder mystery film, it might be one that would hold up better than most. Yeah, that's fair. Because it's not about shocking you. It's about just having wacky characters, some funny scenarios, some weird reveals. So I feel like for most of it, it's going to be fun on a rewatch. I haven't seen it on a rewatch, but I've always assumed it'd be one of the better movies to watch. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I, I should rewatch it. I thought the first time I watched it, I think I had it in like my top 15 of 2019. I'm sure it's good. Uh, yeah, nothing new on my end. Uh, we haven't really seen anything too crazy this week. I'm trying to think if there's any movies I saw that was noteworthy. Uh, nothing really. I've been watching a lot of Disney movies. Uh, too many. It's been the l- last three days I have seen, I think, ten Disney movies. So it's been a lot. Man. Yeah, I haven't watched that many. I gotta watch a few more for sure before you ring about. I think I'm mostly caught up. Yeah, I kind of realized how far behind I was on the ones that I haven't actually even seen before. So I realized I need to start watching those. I'm killing it though. Yeah. I think I've watched all the wartime movies except for Make Mine Music, and I saw all of the films from the 50s, and now I'm on to the 70s. So you know, not <laughs> yeah. I'm slowly going through them all again. It's been a long journey. There was the Criterion Flash sale, and uh, yeah, I bought 16 Criterion movies, and they'll be coming in on Wednesday, so I'm excited for that. Oh my gosh, it's a lot of movies. Yeah, but I figured if I'm only going to do it once a year, I might as well just buy it in bulk because you have to pay for shipping anyway, so it's better to do it once a year rather than once every month. Fair enough. So I figured I'll do 16 this year, and then maybe next year. Who knows? But yeah, you know, bought it all in bulk. Andrew was shocked when I told her how many I got. Uh, she first thought I said 60 and not 16. Oh, that's even crazy. <laughs> yeah, and so when I first told her, she almost leaped off the bed. I think she jumped right off and went, you bought 60 movies? At least when you hit her with the, you bought 60, then telling her you actually bought 16 is a pretty, you know, it's a step down now, so it doesn't seem so bad. That's true, yeah, it seemed a lot less for her. That's a good point. Yeah, so she felt a lot better after that. That's a good point. Anyways, we can move on to... Uh, there's really only two stories here. I didn't really look into too many stories because I knew we'd be talking about the Globes a lot. But Tristan, do you want to break down the Globes first or do you want to talk about the Mr. Potato Head, which has been quite a story this week? Uh, I feel like we do the Globes first. I feel like that's going to be, you know, more timely. It'll take longer, so... That's true. The Mr. Potato Head will be a good wrap-up. But we can talk about the Globes... I should probably go get my phone to get the actual wins here. But Tristan, overall, what was your thoughts on the Golden Globe wins for 2021? Mostly uh, the favorites going into it. But most definitely with, uh, with a couple big surprises in there. So overall, I thought it was a pretty okay show. I think the awards are mostly gone to deserving winners. 
I thought most of like the random skits or the the ha ha hoo hoo parts they put in the middle didn't care for any of those, but I normally don't. Overall, as far as entertainment value, I thought it was I thought it was okay. Oh, did you actually watch the ceremony? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's the Globe, so I didn't really care to be honest with you. I just had a newsletter that was like updating every minute to see who was the next winner. I was watching Edward Scissor's hand while watching. Oh my gosh! I actually watched it. (laughs) Uh, For the Oscars, I plan on watching the service and having some champagne and making a big event out of it. But you know, I was. Tonight, it's the Globes. Who cares? I was just updating a news feed while watching Edward Scissor's Hand, which, uh, you know, pretty good movie. Um, but definitely not from 2020. So, yeah, I guess you're doing the field work out here, Tristan. You can let me know if there's any notable interviews or speeches made. Um, there was this one speech. I want to say it was for one of the television acting categories, like best female in like a drama or something. No, best female drama was the one from a... Uh... Queen's Gambit, right? I believe that was for a limited series. I believe for the drama, it was for The Crown. Yeah, that was the one, I think. That was like the blonde lady, right, with the accent? Probably. She she rambled on and on and on, and they had the freaking music come on, and that was only like halfway through her speech. They had the music playing for a while, and she just didn't get off. That was probably the most notable, because she didn't <laughs> stop talking. I heard that Chadwick Boseman's wife accepting his award was really notable. I heard that she was really good. Uh, she, yeah, she made a very good speech. As as the best speech was probably her. She made a very a very good speech. Uh, very touching. I think for Sasha sure. Baron Cohen's win for a... Uh, well, both of his two wins. Best musical or comedy, best actor musical or comedy. Um, I can see them making headlines tomorrow morning about Trump supporters and right-wing people being real mad about what he had to say. Oh, um, really? Yeah, no, I didn't hear about that. Those are probably the three most notable. Okay. Yeah, so we can talk about the more obvious ones here. Uh, there was a lot of clear front runners going in that were just more solidified from these awards. The first one being Screenplay, I think, which went to Trial of Chicago 7. That seemed like a pretty obvious pick, and... At this yeah, point, no, the glo- yeah. That. At this point, it's gonna win the Oscar. Unfortunately, and no. If I I like the Trial of Chicago screenplay, I just really love Promising Young Woman screenplay. So yeah, it's just sad. Promising Woman. That's all. Uh, Trial of Chicago Seven. Anything tonight, eh? Yeah, that that really for me. That's the biggest headline. It walked in with four nominations. The only four was really eligible. A lot of people thought that meant that they were high on it. It didn't get a single win. Promising Young Woman didn't get a single win in the Globes. Unfortunately, this was their best shot at getting some wins. I don't know if the Oscars are going to be as high as the Globes. No. Uh, we, we can get talk more about that when we start talking about the uh, best lead actress. Let's keep going with the obvious ones first. Yeah, so screenplay went to trial, which was very fairly obvious. It was the front runner. I was hoping the underdog could win. I'm a big underdog fan. Uh, which there were some fair underdogs that won. But yeah, screenplay went to trial, which I would dare say is kind of a guarantee for the Oscars here. Uh, I think a lot of these are starting to solidify the wins here. Another big one was supporting actor went to Daniel Kaluuya. I'm going to call it now, Tristan. I think this is just a done deal. That's going to be the winner for the Oscars. Daniel Kaluuya, that was from Judas and the Black Messiah, right? Yeah, have you seen that yet? I have not, have you? Yes, I watched it this week, I believe. Was it this week? Wow, it's been a long week. Maybe it was a week ago. It did feel like a while. It was the second day it came out. So whenever it came out, that's when I watched it. Oh, yeah, that was... I think it came out last Friday. Okay, so I I think I watched it Friday or Saturday then. Uh, it was a really great film, and the best part of the film for me was Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, he should win Best Supporting Actor. Okay. But I will say... It's very Brad Pitt from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he is so present in the film, he could almost be considered a lead actor. Fair enough. Like, he's in it a lot. I understand that he can be considered supporting because the story doesn't revolve around him. It's not his viewpoint. It's someone else's viewpoint. So he's not really the story, but he's so major in the film, and he has all the biggest moments 
Uh, it's really good, Tristan. I would recommend that. I think right now, it, but since it wasn't in our 2020 bracket, because it technically came out a week ago, um, it would probably end up being in my top 15 of the year. It's really good. Really? I'm very excited for it. I'm sure I'm going to watch it. How much do you know about the film, Tristan? Because I knew nothing going in. I did not even know what the story was about. The story is really cool, and it's based on a true story. I know story. it's about Malcolm X, right? No, no. What? I mean, I know what it's about. Okay, yeah, 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 probably not. But uh, it's a really cool story that's completely true, and it's crazy because I'd never heard of the story before, so I think that made the impact that much more powerful. Uh, for anyone that hasn't seen it yet considering that he just won for best supporting I, I recommend it i think it's a good really good film yeah I'll, I'll sure check it out so we can talk about some more obvious ones here best director went to chloe Zhao for nomad land yeah I, that everyone for that one common yeah yeah i think this is at this point a pretty done deal for chloe Zhao, which is totally fine with me i love promising young woman so emerald finella is fantastic she directed a fantastic film but Nomad Lane is completely carried by McDormand and the direction of Zhao. So I think this is a fantastic win. I'm happy every time they announce her name. Yeah, I think it's pretty guaranteed she's going to win the Oscars. And like I said, a very well-deserved uh, win for sure by her. Yeah, and then for Best Original Score and Best Animated Feature, they both went to Soul, which has been the front runner for both, especially the- animation. Yeah, no surprises there at all. Yeah, both of them made a lot of sense, and both well-deserving. To be fair, all these obvious ones, you know, except for screenplay, uh, for me would be the ones that would want to win, so I'm happy with all of these. Here, we'll quickly talk about one that's more exciting here. Best Foreign Film, Tristan. Have you seen this one? Oh, I, I, saw, the, I saw the actual show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You actually saw the show. I just saw the updates. So you would know more than me. Uh, Minari won Best Foreign Film. Minari from the United States of America won Best Foreign Film. Yeah. Yes, it did. And they showed up. I would not have showed up. We discussed that earlier. But uh, they were there. <laughs> they, they gave a speech and uh, whatnot. Um, I think that, that was the most deserving move in the category, whether or not it should be in the category. I think it's the real question. Exactly. I agree. If we're going to consider this in the category, yes, this is the best film of the category, technically. But, uh, it's so weird to say that Minari from the USA is now the best foreign film of the Globes. There you have it. Uh, we can talk about one. I don't know too much about music, Tristan. You might know more about this than I do, but for original song, this one was a bit of a shocker here. Scene from this film, <laughs> The Life Ahead, one best song. See, I don't think I've ever heard of The Life Ahead. Yeah, this was nominated for Best Foreign Film as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that one at all, so I can't really say. What other songs are nominated for that category? Uh, the two frontrunners, from what I've understood, the two best songs so far was Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that's on the very end, right? I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the one at the very end. <laughs> Probably. And then Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Those are the two front runners for the best song. So this one was one of the big shocks of the night, but it's also original song. So for yeah, me, it's I a didn't shock, really but it's not like a big category. Yeah, like it was a shocker. Like I was shocked with it, but at the same time, about 30 seconds afterwards, I forgot about it. So it was yeah. a shocker, but I didn't really care that much, unfortunately. But we can talk about some of the other obvious ones. Sasha Baron Cohen won for lead actor in a comedy. And Borat 2 also won for best comedy and musical. So I know you're a big fan. was I disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I know you're a big fan of Hamilton. Uh, For me, these were the two obvious ones going in. I assumed these two were going to win, and they ended up winning. I'm not saying I'm stoked about it. But it's obvious. It was fine. Yeah, I knew they were the front runners. I was really hoping Hamilton could pull it out, but I wasn't shocked. I was just disappointed. Yeah. I'm more disappointed that Hamilton didn't win best musical or comedy. No offense to what's his name? Lynn Manuel? Yeah, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Uh, 
if it was the other guy, Leslie Odom Jr., that's his name, right, from Hamilton, yeah. if he was nominated, I would have been rooting for him. I was not a big Lynn Millwell fan from the acting perspective of Hamilton. And uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was in Trial of Chicago 7 as well. He's been in two pretty big films for the year. And unfortunately for him, Daniel Kaluuya is so fucking great. He has no chance at winning the Oscars. So it's I'm kind of happy that he at least got something. He got a Golden Globe from this. So I'm actually happy that he got that one. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, he. I don't see him having any chance against Kaluuya at this point. I think Kaluuya's got this. Uh, Kaluuya and, we'll talk about it here, Chadwick Boseman for Best Actor. I think Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor are locked right now, in my mind. Boseman yeah, and Kaluuya are going to win Bozeman. this. I think Boseman's for sure are locked. Um, I haven't seen Juice Box Side yet, so I can't say, like, I can't feel like I can give a good, a good answer on whether or not I think that's a lock, but it seems, seems for sure to be the front runner. Yeah, I'm going to say now, I think both of them are a lock, and I'm happy with both. I think Kaluuya is the best supporting actor of the year, and I think Chadwick Boseman might not be the best, but it's it's the most well-deserved. I thought he was probably the best part of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I'm just excited to see him win this. Uh, obviously, I'm a, I was a big Riz Ahmed fan from Sound of Metal, but uh, he's so new to film. It's great to see Chadwick win this year. Uh, I didn't see the speech that his wife made but uh i think it'd be great to just keep this train going for bozeman here so we can talk about the shockers here we just got rid of all the obvious ones tristan but let's start talking about the crazy ones that's mostly what the performance is the first one being best lead actress in a musical and comedy that's the first one that was announced here Everyone thought it was Maria Bakalova because it was Borat's subsequent movie film and she is a big contender for the Oscars for supporting actress. No, no, no. Yeah. Rosemond Pike from I Care A Lot. I haven't seen that one of you. I watched the first 10 minutes of it. Okay. And then while I was watching the first 10 minutes, I messaged Andrew and she was like, oh, what are you doing? And I told her, oh, I'm watching I Care A Lot from Netflix. It just came out and Roseman Pike is nominated for Golden Globe, so I figured I'd watch it. And Andrew told me that if I finished that movie without her, she would kill me because she really wants to watch it. So I paused the movie and we're going to watch it next week. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, so I only saw the first 10 minutes. It does look like a lot of fun. It looks like a fun film. I'm a big Roseman Pike fan since Gone Girl. So I'm very excited to watch this movie. I've heard she's very fun. So yeah, I'm excited to watch it. It's just a huge shock to me that she won. I am happy for her. I think this is great. But I don't know if that really means anything. She's not going to get a nomination for the Oscars. So good for her. Did you think Marie Bakalova was going to win? Or did you think it was someone else for this category? Uh I had no idea, honestly. Like I, said, I never saw the movie that the winner was from. I never even really heard of the movie. So I also didn't think she was going to win it. I don't know. I never really thought Maria Bakalova was going to win it. I don't know. I was never I was never as sold as a lot of other people seem to be. That's fair. I thought she was going to win just because of these five nominations. That's the only movie in any contention for any awards. So I figured she would win by default. Uh, but no, uh, Roseman Pike won. And I do think it has a lot to do with the fact that I Care A Lot came out a week ago on Netflix. And when it came out two days after was when the voting was due for the Golden Globes. So I just think it was the last film a lot of them watched. And out of the five, none of these movies are that big in the contention here. So why not give it to Roseman Pike? But, yeah, I think yeah, that probably had a lot to do with it. Yeah, like I don't think it means that much overall. I just think she kind of just won by the perfect circumstance, and that's great. I personally love Rosen Pike as an actress, so I'm glad that she won for this film that I haven't even seen yet. But we can talk about the two bigger ones that probably have more weight. We'll see. But for Best Supporting Actress, I just realized now, Tristan, all these craziness happened with the actress categories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the, the actor, actor ones, ones were obvious. Yeah. yeah, all the actors were obvious. The actresses are just nuts because there is 
to, in my mind, there was a three-horse race here for Best Supporting Actress between Glenn Close, Olivia Colman, and Amanda Seyfried. And Jodie Foster won this tonight for the uh, the Mauritanian. Yeah, I never really heard of that movie, but it had a couple wins tonight, I think, didn't it? Uh, this is the only win it had, but it had another nomination, I think. Okay, that was it then. So crazy how, yeah, film that I haven't seen, I haven't had on my radar, uh, she ended up winning. It was quite a wild pick, really. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a pretty big shock. Yeah, I really didn't see it coming. I thought I thought it was going to be Glenn Close because she is just more well-known with the Globes. I preferred Seafried's performance, but I thought Close would have just gotten the win here. But no. I thought Seafried was going to get it. I thought she had the best performance overall. I thought that was a pretty, you know, highly buzzy movie going into awards season uh, or before the movies came out, at least. I mean, and I think she was easily the best part. I think a lot of people accept her as the best part of the movie, or at least that or cinematography, I guess. But uh, yeah, so I really thought she was going to get the win there. Yeah, no, I agree that she is the best part of Mank. And I think she's my favorite best supporting actress performance. I haven't seen Olivia Coleman in The Father. I'm sure that might actually be my favorite. I've heard she's phenomenal. But of the ones I've seen, Amanda Seyfried in Mank is the best. Um, I am following this one account online that has this cool little update with how much screen time each person has in a film. And something that's crazy to me is Amanda Seyfried Tristan has about 18 minutes total of screen time in Mank. Okay, so it's a pretty long movie, right? It's like, what, two or three-hour movie? Something like that. <laughs> well, it's, it's a bit over two hours. Oh, it's my not bad. Three hours. It's just so long. Although she stole the show for me, I did feel like she wasn't in it that much. I never would have guessed 18 minutes. I would have guessed like 30 minutes, right? Which is only like a quarter of the film, so not too much. 18 minutes is real shocking. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And she does steal a show for only being in there 18 minutes. Exactly. I think that's a push for her. She's only in 18 of the two plus hours of this movie. She's in less than, what would that be? Less than 10% of the movie? Yeah, for sure. If it was an hour and 40 minutes, that'd be 10%. I think. Something like that. But still, the fact that she's No, we're in, wrong. We're wrong. Yeah, we're, we're, we're probably wrong here. Um, well, the way I look at it is 18 minutes is close to 15 minutes. And 15 minutes out of an hour is 25%. So 15 minutes out of two plus hours is 12.5%. So close to 12%. That, that's the way I look at it. But yeah that's, yeah, yeah, that's how I did the math in my head. But if it's two plus hours, it would might come close to 10%. But still, she is in it for about 10 to 12% of the entire movie. And she's my favorite part. Like, what does that say about me? Do I just not like this movie? If my favorite part of the movie is 10% of the movie. I don't know, but she is my favorite part. I think she's so much fun in the film. And I would really love it if she ended up winning. Uh, I think she really needed this win to get a good chance at the Oscars. Um, I think Jodie Foster doesn't have a chance at the Oscars, but she just had a good chance at making sure. We've been winning a lot of these smaller awards for this award. I assumed it would have been Amanda Siegfried, but has it not been? Um... I don't know. I don't really follow too much. Uh, supporting actors. I don't follow that too much. But I think I want to say Olivia Coleman has been doing pretty solid. It's between her and Close. Seafried has been doing well as well. It's been doing well, but she's always been like the third most amount of wins. So as Close is getting more than Siegfried. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like Close. Yeah, unfortunately. But all right. Uh, the last two big ones here, the two biggest ones in the night. Honestly, let's go straight to best mo motion picture drama because the we'll yeah, save I the, agree. I think that's the next one. Yeah, the yeah. biggest one for last. We'll talk about best picture for drama, and that's Nomadland. I, that wasn't too big of a shock, was it? I felt like a front runner going in. I've been watching a lot of videos, so maybe it's just all fake hype. But a lot of people thought it was Trial of the Chicago Seven. They love Sorkin. It's very great in the times they love Sasha Baron Cohen it just seems like they're kind of feel-good film that they like and Nomadland isn't really the kind of film that the Globes love um I don't know maybe it's too early to say Tristan but I, I'm not very interested in best picture for Oscar anymore I think no, I was telling you it was Trial of Chicago 7 for the longest of time I think I'm wrong I think after tonight I really thought I was certain Trial of Chicago 
Seven was going to win tonight, and this was going to continue the snowball rolling down the mountain, creating this giant avalanche that was Trial of Chicago 7. But the fact that No Man Land won tonight, um, maybe I was wrong all this time. I think I think you're right, Joe. I think No Man Land has too much hype right now. I think that might just be the winner here. Yeah, this was definitely the, the strong front runner, especially after winning the Globes here. Yeah, anything but Nomadland won tonight. I I would continue doubting Nomadland's presence here. But the fact that it won, I don't know. Uh, it didn't have that many nominations. It had less than Promising Young Woman, I think. I think it only had three to, in the Globes. And it won two of them. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. It won the two biggest awards of the night, Director and Picture. Like, I don't know. I think the one it lost might have been the biggest award of the night. <laughs> well, it was the craziest one. I don't know if it's the like the big awards is director and picture, and it won both. I think No Man Land has the hype. I think it does too. We never want to buy into the hype too much. A lot of the times, the winner of best drama or the Golden Globes don't end up winning the Oscar. Yeah. So. I have been pushing for... Well, I haven't been pushing. I've been predicting... I'm not pushing for this at all, guys. I've been predicting Trial of Chicago 7. I guess I'll still wave my little flag saying it's going to win just because I've kind of stuck to it this long. But I think you and everyone else is right. I think it's Nomadland. I think it's kind of been too obvious. It's been winning all the best picture wins. I don't know why I've been thinking it's going to have this shift because the globe... I thought the Globes love heartfelt films. I thought the Oscars would, but if the Globes like this, the Oscars will too. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, so I I, I did think going in, and I said it last podcast, Tristan, that Promising Young Woman might have an upset. Maybe it could win Best Picture. It might be this crazy moment. It didn't happen. I thought Trial of Chicago 7 happening is very likely, but it wasn't. Uh, no Man Land has this hype building with it, and it's well deserved. It's a good film. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, at this point, I think everyone's gonna be pretty confident walking into the uh, the Oscars that No Man No Man Land is gonna win that up. Yes, yeah, it, it sounds like I'm upset, but I, I just like exciting chaos. I was more excited with Rose. With, I was more excited with Jodie Foster and Roseman Pike winning tonight because I just love chaos. Uh, for me, the Globes... Yeah, I mean, everyone yeah. always works for the underdog, right? Yeah. Everyone. Yeah, like for me, the Golden Globes, no offense, don't really matter. That's why I was watching it on a news update. I was watching Edward Scissors' hand while this was happening. I don't care for the Globes. I just... I want Globes to just do chaos, do something random, and just get everybody all freaked out about the Oscars. But uh, No Man Lane winning, for me, kind of makes it feel like it's a done deal. But who knows? Uh, I would, well, I wouldn't love it because I do love Nomadland, but I would be shocked and excited to see what would happen if the Oscars does something crazy. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. All right, so we can move on to Best Actress for the Motion Picture. The craziest moment of the night. It was crazy. I paused Edward Scissor's hand and I had a little freak out because I didn't see this coming. Because for me, best actress, it was between Frances McDormand and Carrie Mulligan. It was between those two. And I even told Andrew, if the Globes, because, you know, it's the Globes. They like to do something crazy. They want to do something crazy. Viola Davis. They want to do something even crazier. Vanessa Kirby. And then I even said, hey, Andrew, if the Globes want to do something really crazy, Andrew Day could win. And then I stopped and went, no, no, hold on, Andrew. That's too crazy. Andrew Day's not winning. That, yeah, that would yeah. never happen. I, I literally paused. Win. Yeah, I paused and went, actually, Andrew, I'm going to take it back. I was trying to hype the Globes up to you because I was telling her this a few hours before. I was like, okay, I was trying to make this sound way too crazy, Andrew. Andrew Day's not happening. But, you know, one of the other four could win. Something crazy could happen. But no, 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 I was wrong. The craziest possibility happened. Andrew fucking day one United States versus Billy holiday. Yeah. I've never seen that one yet. Have you? No, it came out two days ago. Really? Like it just came. No, no, seriously. It just came out. I believe this Friday night. Dang. Like two days ago. Like this was after the 
nominations were already sent. So I'm like, obviously they all got screeners for it, but the fact that they would have to watch these screeners and get this access to it, it's just harder to find than if it was on a site somewhere. No, no, no. Yeah, this was just coming out. This just came out two days ago. Like this is brand new. I haven't seen it. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard it's really bad. Like, really? Like I've heard it. Like obviously it's not on music level of ranking here, but here I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. So United States versus Billie Holiday. I have it up here on Letterboxd. Tristan, what do you think the score is? 3.4. It is a 2.5. Oh, gosh. That's not very good. Yeah. So, like, music is a 0.9. So, obviously, it's nowhere in comparison to that. But, yeah, it's a 2.5. This is considered a pretty bad film, which is fine. A a good actress is able to pull out a best win here. Here, I'll even go to Judy, which is not that well-known of a film, which, obviously, last year, Renee Zellweger won, sweeped, the awards season, and the film's only a 3.2. Like, it's not a well-regarded film. Like, it's not a great movie, but she was just fantastic in it. So you're allowed to be in a relatively whatever film and still pull off a great performance. But yeah, 2.5, pretty low compared to the 4.3 that is Nomadland and the 3.8 that is Promising Young Woman. So yeah, 2.5, and I have heard that Andrew Day is okay in it. I have a few friends that have seen the movie already, and they told me that, sure, she's a worthy fifth nomination, maybe. Like, she's a good nomination. Nobody has told me that she's better than the four nominees that have been nominated for every single award of this awards season. So it's crazy. I was shocked. Yeah, and she was for sure the surprise of the night. I haven't seen the movie yet, but she really did feel like the uh, the happy to be there nominee of the five. You know, yeah. the one that was just lucky to even get nominated. Yeah, um, like a week or two ago, me and you were saying how literally everybody's fighting for the fifth slot to just be happy to be there, just to get the nomination to put on their resume for future movies. Nobody was expecting. Zendaya or Andre Day or Amy Adams. Nobody was expecting them to get a win. Just uh, congratulations. This is your nomination. You got the fifth slot. That's great for you. But the fifth slot to then get the win, it's crazy. It's crazy. You think this win almost guarantees her, her spot for a, uh, the Oscars or no? Yeah, I think she's almost guaranteed the fifth slot. She's not winning. Uh Billy Holiday just came out this week. Maybe because they haven't seen the critical response, they thought, okay, she was really good. Uh, let's give her the win here. We just saw it this week. Like, it's brand new. So we just got the hype. It's not winning. But I do think because it got the nomination, sorry, it got the win now, I, I yeah, I'd say she's pretty much now the fifth slot. Um, yeah, that seems probably pretty reasonable to say. Yeah. Maybe I am looking too far the line here, Tristan. So you can kind of help me out here and bring me back to reality. But I thought Carrie Mulligan's best chance was to win tonight, to keep the hype going for Promising Young Woman. And then at the Oscars, we can see her getting the win. Her not getting this. Andre Day, some wild card getting this. I would say I'm about 80% confident now that Frances McDormand is going to win the Oscar. I I do think this hurts Carrie Mulligan's chances to win it. I don't think it makes it a, you know, a 0% chance to win anything like that. Most of the time she's still yeah. the shot. But yeah, I think, I think I said to say that McDormand was always going to be the favorite walking in. I think at this point, she's just a heavy, heavy favorite to win at this point. But I mean, stranger things have happened. There's still Viola Davis and Vanessa Kirby out there and, who knows? Maybe the Oscars will throw that that fifth slot surprise at us, too. Exactly. I'm not going to say this is a lock. There's a lot of locks going to the ceremony. Best Actress is still one of the most exciting ones. But yeah, I'm feeling every week now, I'm feeling a little more confident McDormand's got this. Uh, and this only confirms it for me. But 
Mulligan, I just rewatched Promising Young Woman yesterday, is absolutely fantastic, and I absolutely love her. She has a chance. Viola Davis is my favorite part about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. She still has a chance. I haven't seen Vanessa Kirby, but I've heard that she's fantastic. She has a chance, and who knows at this point, Andre Day might have a chance. So it's still a race here, but I'm just saying, I think because Mulligan didn't win this. I thought she was. I thought this was Mulligan's chance here. Yeah, who knows? Because the stat that I showed Tristan beforehand was that whoever wins the best actress in the Globes ends up winning the best actress for the Oscars. Um, Tristan, do you think Andre Day is now going to win? I most definitely think this brings her into the conversation. Um, but I, I, it's still such an out there out there possibility for her to win it (laughs) it's it's too crazy it's too crazy for me the stat always had a caveat for me for this year because the comedy section has no contenders for the oscars that normally every year has two chances to guess the best actress right has two shots comedy and drama that's true this one and only has one chance, really. I always thought that for this year is a bit of a caveat, and it doesn't mean as much. But for those that don't know the stat, the stat is that every single year since 2002, one of the two best lead actress wins from either drama or the comedy section for the Globes ends up winning the lead actress for the Oscars. Roseman Pike and Andre Day, if one of them wins the Oscar, I guess the stat continues. But I would bet a large amount of money against that. I think the stat is broken. That seems most likely for sure. Yeah, if I was a betting man, I would not put my money on Andre Day and Roseman Pike. Love them both. I don't see either of them winning. But yeah, those are all the big awards and nominations. Anything else of note, Tristan? Anything crazy that you noticed? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, uh, nothing too crazy for the TV shows. Shit's Creek and Queen's Gambit did well. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, did you ever end up watching Queen's Gambit, Tristan? I did not. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I still ha- I still have half the finale to watch. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen, but if somebody wants to let me know that the finale gets really good, maybe I'll watch it. But I literally I'm halfway, sure it <laughs> yeah, halfway through halfway through the finale of Queen's Gambit, I just stopped and went, um, why am I watching this? I literally don't care anymore, so I just stopped. Uh but maybe the ending gets good. Who knows? What's her name? The 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 lead for Is it Anna Taylor Joy? Anna Taylor Joy, that was it. I kept thinking Andre Day, because we just talked about her. But yeah, Anna Taylor Joy. Uh she was very good in the film or TV show, so she deserves the win. Good for her. Uh, I don't really follow TV shows that much, so I uh, don't really care. <laughs> Are you a big TV show guy, Trist? Um, not really. I watch a couple a year, but not none of the ones I watched were nominated this year. I, don't think. I think Mandalorian was nominated for a couple things. What was uh, What was your favorite TV show this year? Let me know, because I, I haven't seen much. Um, I really like Cobra Kai. I watched all that this year. Okay. I like The Boys. Uh, Mandalorian's pretty good. Those are probably the big shows I watched this year. Okay. I watched The Boys, and I think that's the only show I fully watched this year. So I think that means it was my favorite, technically. So there you go. Um, I didn't really love it. I liked the finale a lot. So I will watch this. I will watch the third season. So I guess I guess it did its job. Uh, and then yeah, I, I, I like season two a lot. I'm pretty excited for season three. Yeah, I, I liked the first one way more. Yeah, am I crazy? I, I liked the first one way more. I liked the second season. Uh, may, maybe the first season just had the magic. It was like the first one, so I just didn't expect what it was. Maybe that's what it was. And now I knew what it was going in. Season two is kind of just, you know, continuing it. Yeah, it was fine. That's fair. Yeah, like the first one, I like, wow, what a cool premise kind of thing. And then uh, The Mandalorian, I watched the first three episodes with my buddy, and then uh, in Edmonton, the lockdown happened, so we couldn't finish it, so I never saw it. 
it's just as good as the first season for sure. It's oh no, I, I've heard it's just as good, if not better. I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think I'll get better. Yeah, uh, I just need to wait till the lockdown is lifted so I can watch with my buddy again. Fair enough. Yeah, we're, we're both we're both messing each other. We're like, you haven't seen it yet, right? No. Okay. Cool. Neither have I. I guess we'll wait another month or two. Yeah, I mean, at least you guys have waited through like spoiler season now because now everyone's just talking about one division. Yeah, literally. Um, I'm actually pretty spoiler free for mandalorian i think oh, well, here, let me record for it <laughs> yeah exactly i think luke skywalker has like an appearance in the finale i think i uh, maybe they reference him i don't know i literally know nothing so i i feel pretty good and even uh one division i'm pretty spoiler free i kind of try to actively avoid it because i think i'll eventually watch them i don't know but i haven't started it at all yet eh? uh, i watched the first three episodes four episodes so i'm about oh, halfway okay. I've seen half. All right, so we can talk about the really big story here this week, aside from the Globes, and that is the Mr. Potato Head. Uh, what was your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it got blown way out of proportion. Yeah, people get really upset about this. And I feel like, like okay, so do you want to explain what happened for people living under a rock? Yeah, for those that aren't aware, Mr. Potato Head, I guess we should not call it that anymore. But they have now announced that Ms. Potato Head is now not going to be referred to as a male. It's going to be a non-gendered Potato Head. So it's no longer called Mr. Potato Head or Mrs. Potato Head. There is no gender. But no, that, that's not really, that's like super misleading. Cause it's not even really what happened, right? Okay, um, maybe, I'm, maybe I don't understand. So it's not that like the toy itself, Mr. Potato Head or Mrs. Potato Head, aren't going to exist anymore. They still will be selling Mr. and Mrs. Potato Heads. But the overarching brand name for the brand now is called Potato Head. Most likely so they can spin off and have it more than just a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, but other type of potato heads. But they've already announced how I think coming either this summer or winter, I can't remember when, they're going to be launching, I think, called the Potato Family. It comes with three potatoes, two big ones, and a small one. And just a bunch of accessories, and you can make them however you want, right? It's called Potato Family. So it's not even that there aren't going to be selling Mr. and Mrs. Potato Heads anymore. It's just that the, the brand name now is just called Potato Heads. Okay, yeah, I didn't even know that. I thought they were no longer having Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. I did hear about later in the year they're going to now have three potatoes with the two bigger ones and the little one. You can accessorize them however you want. But yeah, I didn't realize that there's still a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. It's just no longer the overall brand. Yeah, the brand now is now just called Potato Heads. Most likely because we're going to be pushing this whole potato family thing for a while. Yeah. And they'll just be called the Potato Heads. Yeah. Well, Wellen's really busy right now over the last couple months. That's why he hasn't been on the podcast. But he was very upset about this. Uh, that's the only thing he told me about this week. Was about yeah. how pissed off he was about this Potato Head thing. He was like, let the people on the podcast know. Uh, they're a bunch of snowflakes because Mr. Potato Head is a guy and he's my favorite. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize you're such like a, most people just don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't realize you're yep. such a big potato head fan, Alex. I didn't realize that. Who's not a big potato. Yeah, I, li- I like to picture Welling has like five Mr. Potato heads on his bed night stand. Yeah. No Mrs. Potato head. <laughs> well, he doesn't have that on the bed night stand. He has that in bed with him. Yeah, he does. Opens up that big ass. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> takes all the eyeballs out of it. Yeah, he can accessorize it whoever, however way he wants, baby. Every week, it's a new girl in bed with him. Yeah, yeah he's got the one with the purse. Ooh, it's a little Richie Betty over here. <laughs> Richie Betty. Yeah, changes it up. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people seem to be taking this out of proportion. Even before I realized right here that. The labels are staying the way that they are. Uh, even if they change the labels, it's still a potato head toy. Like you can still put a hat on the potato. You can still put shoes on the potato. But that doesn't make it a man, Quentin. Yeah. Like, oh no. How horrible is it that your potato head toy no longer has a mister in front of it? You don't know what gender your potato is. Like, I don't know why this is getting people upset. Uh, the people that are upset, Tristan, when was the last time they played with a potato head doll? When are, like... Last week. <laughs> yeah. Like, are we these the ones... Dolls all the time. Yeah, like, are these people affected by it? I, I am shocked people are so upset about this potato head story. 
Uh, yeah, it's he, a big deal, man. It's a big deal. I guess we're gonna have to retcon all all the all the Toy Story movies. Yeah, yeah. Now now they don't exist anymore. They're not canon. Uh, they aren't yeah. relatable. In like 2030, the Toy Story movies are gonna be so outdated because Potato Head is in it. Yeah, yeah. They should just cancel those movies now. They're canceled. Heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Toy Story canceled. That's right. Uh, what I was gonna say. The best thing to come out of the Potato Head story, Tristan, is on Facebook, the news article that was popping up a lot in the ads from one of the sources in the comments. I looked at it a few times and it cracks me up. Uh, It was the number one comment in the section and they said, what's next? Instead of G.I. Joe is going to be G.I. I don't know. (laughs) That's pretty good. And yeah, that, that was peak comedy. That was better than anything else to do with this story. That was pretty clever. I was proud of that person. But yeah, aside from that, I don't really care about this. Is this going to prevent you, Tristan, from buying a Potato Head doll for your... You know what? It just might. <laughs> just no. might? I had no plans on buying Mr. Potato Head dolls beforehand, and I don't after. <laughs> well, I mean, like, if you were to have a kid, and you're going to buy him a doll, are you now going to be like, ah, I'm not going to get Mr. Potato Head... Because now it's not a mister. Like, that's really the deal breaker here. I think it probably will be. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. Does that mean it comes with more accessories? Now it's not just all one gender inclusive. Now it's going to be like all the accessories for one doll. That's true. Maybe they will. Maybe it'll be in that positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you get like 20 things to put on the thing instead of 10. Who knows? I don't think we were big potato head guys back when we were kids. We most definitely had one. Oh, we had one. Yeah, but like, like I don't like. Does anyone play with potato heads all the time? But like, what do you do with it? Like, I think we had one. And it was collecting dust in the corner. You just do what Andy did with it, I guess. Use it in like games and whatnot, making like different faces. I guess it is a cool idea. I don't know why it doesn't work compared to other toys, but. Uh... It just doesn't. Like, I never really thought it was that much fun as a kid. So, you know, and it's 2020. I didn't realize kids still use the Potato Head doll. I thought the only reason people knew what a, the Potato Head doll was was because of the Toy Story movies. Yeah, maybe they just did this to bring a, uh, to start more conversation about the Potato Head. Yeah, maybe it's to bring it up because I think most people didn't realize they existed. Well, they knew they existed. I don't think people still thought they were in shelves at a Toys R Us or a Walmart. I I didn't think they were. So yeah, maybe I this no is idea. yeah maybe this is to bring the hype back up to let them know hey uh, the Mr. Potato Head doll is not only on the shelves but now just the Potato Head doll themselves they're on shelves right now baby come pick up a potato. I, I had no idea. Uh, well, what's your next prediction here, Tristan? Do you think there's going to be a new toy? Uh, we just discussed the GI Joe. Anything? Any other toy you think that they're going to announce is going to be multi-gendered, or do you think Potato Head's the way to go? Um, I don't know. Like, like what ones are left? Barbie, but I can't see that changing anything. No, yeah, Barbie's... American Girl's the last thing that's going to change. The way I look at it is you got to think of an old toy. Potato Head was an old one that people forgot were a thing. Like, the old toys are the ones intentionally bringing it back up to remind people that they still exist. Uh, G.I. Joe is a good one. That's an old one, but one that we can think of here. Well, what's another old toy that exists? Like Hot Wheels, but like that's doesn't, the Hot Wheels cars on genders. Exactly, yeah. Hot Wheels. I was thinking Slinkies, but that's not a gender. Like It's got to be one that's clearly one gender that we can just go, all right, rebrand multi-gender. Yeah, I can't really think of any. Yeah, I think Potato Head was the way to go, and then obviously the gi joe what about the army men toys nobody talks about those anymore can we make those multi-gender are there army women toys is the question you see yeah i guess i don't have a child so i'm not too aware of this but if there isn't and they're listening right now you know one of the three listeners right now tristan is the people that work at the company for the army men toys if that's still a thing i don't know if they are I think the army man toy company ceo is actually a big fan of our podcast <laughs> yeah yeah he, he's a he's an avid listener um and yeah, if he's listening sure. here you go free idea we, we don't need any credits but uh army woman toys or just multi-gender you know in a bag you just got 
10 women and 10 men in a little bay here. Yeah, well, and the really fun part is that you actually don't have to do anything to the toy because they're so hard to tell what's going on anyway. <laughs> you got to drink the man. No one can tell it's a guy or girl anyway, right? Yeah, they're so small and, like, the plastic's so flimsy. It's you so really can tell. And, like, poorly molded. And honestly, I liked those way more than the potato head. I played with those bad boys a lot. Well, yeah, well, the most fun with those is, like, for really cheap, you have a whole army of toys. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Yeah, you would get one of one colored, one of the other, and you just have a war, like... Well, who, yeah, what kid doesn't like, like other that? actual toys, like like the important figures in the battle, right? You know, the main characters of the stories are never the little freaking you know army man characters. Yeah, it's kind of like the Age of Ultron, the robots that they fought just to like take up some time. That's what the army figures are in your playground. It's like the fun first ten minutes of the fight, you get to kill a bunch of them, and then you get to like your major characters, like Potato Head. Yeah, it's just like what Andy did with it within Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're fun side characters to kill off. I agree. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be the next one to rebrand. Uh, that's the only one I can think of at the top of my head. I'm literally going through my Rolodex of Toy Story characters. That's what I'm doing. Right, yeah. And a lot of the <laughs> other ones are more just like created for the movie and actual toys. Yeah. Or just don't have any gender like a piggy bank or slinky. Exactly. Yeah, it's normally non-gendered characters. Which, uh, now we got Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head from Toy Story. Now they're non-gendered. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah, so that's everything on my end. I just had that story and the Globes. Anything else you want to bring up, Trist? Uh, no. Nothing new. No, you haven't seen anything else crazy since aside from Knives Out this week? Um, just some Disney stuff. And a couple things for our other podcast. Our movie madness podcast so that's it oh but yeah uh, i haven't really seen anything crazy this week so you know i watched disney and that's about it um you, clearly you watch better movies than me you saw knives out that's a pretty great film yeah actually no no movie. i take it back i saw promising young woman again last night and that film's fucking fantastic so i watch better movies fair enough that's a really good movie all right so we can wrap it up here And we'll see you guys next week for Pop Topic. Have a fantastic day, guys.